The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. Hey there, Colin. Howdy. Big game this weekend. Everybody's talking about it. The biggest game. It's probably the biggest game going on in the Mizzou universe right now, easily. I don't think anybody's talking about any of their games, any of their sports at all. Well, let's not talk about that. We've got a football game. Yeah. Yeah. So nobody's worried about that scrimmage. I mean, they're worried about this big-time football game against Idaho. What world do we live in where an exhibition basketball game has far more hype than an in-season fucking mid-October homecoming football game? The that, world where Barry Odom is your head coach. That is the answer to that question. It is true. I mean, this is the world we fucking live in. I'm more excited about this. This is the world we built. Yeah. This is the world that we made. Talk about how crazy it is. Imagine us having this conversation in January of this year when Kim Anderson was our coach. I'm disturbed by just the... Barry Odom seems to be losing touch with reality. He's, he's burning stuff and using lighter fluid. And I mean, he like, he's just... I'm pulling out coach cliches. I mean, this is this is um, champions of life stuff. You know what I mean? It this is not is, good. It is that whole. I I saw all the stuff about lighting shit on fire. It seems so staged and, and cliched. So, yeah, just, cliched and just such. It's performance art. You know, and the, <laughs> that's what I think of when I think of Barry Odom. Performance artist. <laughs> <laughs> well, but I mean, you listen to the fa- the, uh, the the players talk about it, and they were like giggling about it, and yeah. it, and it, that's not the. I don't know that that's what he was going for. It was no. getting his players giggling. Yeah, yeah, uh, but yeah. The thing is, is I said it when he made his little temper tantrum speech. It's like, these are not good things. Mm-hmm. You know, some people were like, it makes me believe in Barry Odom. It's like, no, it makes me feel like this program is even worse shape than I imagined. Mm-hmm. Barry Odom is losing grip. You know what I mean? Like, he's worried about people tweeting about him. Right. Now he's burning stuff. You know what I mean? Like, this is not good. This is not the way you want your football team to operate. The irony for me, Colin, is we've said this many times, many times, many times, but Barry Odom has literally turned Mizzou football into hot garbage. Yeah. Literal hot garbage. Yeah. Literal. He's burning garbage. <laughs> he's, he's, it, it's an insane time. I mean, here's the thing about it. We're, we're, we sound kind of exasperated, but I think Missouri's going to win this weekend. Idaho is hot garbage. Hot, hot garbage. <laughs> We're hot garbage, but I mean, they're Mac hot garbage or Sunbelt hot garbage. We're <laughs> SEC hot garbage. Whatever buttfuck conference they're from. Mm-hmm. Yes. Let's not get into that. <laughs> I, I heard there was a, you interviewed the uh, coach for Idaho, and they're like, do you see any matchup uh, advantages for your team against Mizzou, an SEC Power 5 team? And he's like, yes. I, I mean, I don't want to talk, but I want to give them bullet board material. But I'm just like, the fact that the Idaho coach looks at the, our team and goes, we're Idaho, and I see some distinct advantages. You know what I mean? Like, oh, that is not good. Yes. That is not good. This two and four Idaho. Let's point that out. Mm-hmm. Granted, they Idaho- lost to UNLV, who hired a high school football coach as their head college football coach. Yeah, yeah. They've had one winning season in the last five years, mm-hmm. and uh, we could let this one slip away. Yep, we could Middle Tennessee state it up. <laughs> The one thing I'll say is like Middle Tennessee coming in was known for offense, right? You know that was we knew going into that game that it could turn into a shootout, a shootout mm-hmm. that we should easily win as a Power Five school, but it could be a bit of a shootout. 
we ended up losing. Idaho doesn't come in with any of that cachet. No. But that doesn't really matter. My my biggest concern is is that in the last two games, we have managed to throw the deep ball to a player that none of us knew existed uh, until two weeks ago. And I'm afraid all of that's going to dry up <laughs> against Idaho. You know mm-hmm. I mean? Like the offense is going to get completely stagnant. And I think something that people aren't talking about, partially because the season is essentially over, partially because the the passing game has taken so much of the uh, the spotlight, is that Demario Crockett is fucked up. Mm, he ain't going to yeah. be on the roster this, this week. Yeah. And I don't know when he's going to be back on the roster. And that's concerning because, in truth, if Missouri is going to make a run in a bowl game or just a respectable season, they have the weakest SEC conference schedule of anybody left. Mm-hmm. Their, their, their opponents are cumulatively under 500. Mm-hmm. I mean, we have reached the soft underbelly of this season. And uh, to me, it cuts two ways. One, Barry Odom may survive another season if he can take what is a very friendly schedule and win some football games. The other side of that coin is is he could absolutely drive nails into his own coffin if he cannot win football games in this part of the season. I mean, you got Florida, dumpster fire. Tennessee, dumpster fire. Idaho, dumpster fire. Yukon, trash bag. Vanderbilt. I mean, we are not, you know, there, you don't see Alabama, Auburn, LSU, even the South Carolinas or the Kentucky's role. Those are in the rearview mirror. This schedule sets up beautifully. It's so sad that we couldn't have just been mildly competitive to this point. If we just, we just would have split, mm-hmm. you know, the season to this point, you could look at the rest of this schedule and go, I'm pretty optimistic about where the Tigers are headed. But, oh God, we are bad. Our secondary is so bad. Our defense is so so bad. I, I, yes, all of that's true. The reason I have any optimism against a crappy Idaho team this week is because the little bit of life that our offense has shown the last couple of weeks, they uh, have shown that they can throw the deep ball on occasion and put up a few points like we expected they would be able mm-hmm. to, and but only have recently have yeah. they been able to display it. They're not consistent by any means, but what we saw, if they can do it against Georgia, one must assume that they can do it against Idaho. The problem is, like you said, we have zero defense, so I think we'll beat the Idahos. I think we'll beat the Connecticut's. I think that might be it. That, granted, I pray to the football gods every week that we beat Tennessee. I'm also praying that Butch Jones remains head coach when we play them, because there's a lot of talk that he's going to get fired after Alabama crams their crimson cocks <laughs> so far up their volunteer rectums. Yep, it's going to be uh, ugly. And there's a good chance that, uh, that that might be Butch's last game as head coach. I don't want that to be the case. Mm-hmm. I want him to watch us beat him when we have zero yeah. SEC wins. Well, I mean, one of the, the bright sides to this season could be firing Butch Jones. Yeah. You know, I don't, oh, Butch, if, I don't want they, Butch Jones to um, get fired, ultimately. But he's going to be. If Mizzou beating Tennessee is the nail in that coffin, terrific. That, that's our Super Bowl. That's our Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. Okay. Colin, do you want to talk about the basketball game? I do. Okay. I do. The basketball I think the whole game. world wants to talk about it. It's the only thing the world wants to talk about. I let's let's put it in perspective because huh. it is an exhibition game. It our Kim Jong Bill, Kim Jong Bill, Kim Jong Bill. <laughs> our record will be zero and zero after this game, no matter what happens. Mm-hmm. But the fact of the matter is, they put tickets on sale. Each school got nine thousand tickets at two o'clock in the afternoon. They put them on sale at two o one. There were no seats remaining. So, now I've heard that that is an exaggeration. I've also heard that it took a full fifteen minutes. For the entire Sprint Center to sell out. Now they didn't say whether that they didn't break that up into Missouri, Kansas, but it took a full fifteen minutes, Brennan. And mm-hmm. which I'm understanding, if I read correctly in the paper, is a Sprint Center record. You know, the Sprint Center is like we have never sold out an event mm-hmm. this quickly. Yeah, which is 
another another beautiful thing about Kansas. I, of course, listen to a lot of Kansas City Sports Talk Radio. Most of the uh, talk jocks, whatever you call them, they're Kansas fans. There's a handful of Mizzou guys, but... Radio hosts, what yeah. I call them. <laughs> well, teach their own. Some people say talk jocks. Sure. <laughs> sure, that's a thing. Mm-hmm. But um, shock jocks. Mm-hmm. Okay. Hot takes. <laughs> anyway. Uh, hot takes! Anyway, uh, they're like, well, we know Missouri has a lot of interest in this. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com match. Just go to Indeed.com match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate. How a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word. Broomgate. And they'll probably fill out a lot of tickets. But uh, I don't know about Kansas fans. I don't don't know. I mean, we'll see. I mean, I'm sure Kansas fans will want to be there. I'm sure they'll buy tickets. They sold that in 15 minutes on both sides, you fucking fucktards. I this this narrative that Kansas is in some way doing us a favor. Like, how are you doing us a favor? We're a power five school. It, to me, it's it it reeks of like a political person who has just gone in the tank for their candidate mm-hmm. and will believe anything that political candidate says, no matter how completely off the wall it is. Yeah, that's how Kansas fans are. Bill Self has fed them this line that, hey guys. You guys don't care about Missouri anymore. And they're like, okay, we don't care about Missouri no more. <laughs> and I think those talk jocks, as you call them, have bought, have bought into that narrative. And we see that this is clearly not the case. And of course that's not the case. The rivalry's been going on since the fucking Civil War. Yeah. This is not going to stop because we moved fucking conferences five years ago, you it's fucking not gonna asshole. Stop. And, you know, Bill Self, I honestly, you know, Kim Jong-Bill believes he is a, is he a, a, a demigod. Mm-hmm. And so he believes that Kansas basketball is Bill Self. And I've got news for Bill Self. Kansas basketball existed before him. Unfortunately. And it will exist after him. Unfortunately. As will this rivalry. He is not where the sun sets and fucking rises. He cannot erase this rivalry with words. Because even his dumb, dumb fucking acolytes who will fucking eat whatever shit burger he's feeding them. Mostly prairie dog meat. <laughs> um, can say like, yes, Bill, you're completely right. We love you. <laughs> Pass the monster energy drink. <laughs> Sounds exactly like the talk jocks. Yeah. <laughs> Hot take. 
hot take. But uh, the minute the fucking tickets go on sale, the minute we're playing Missouri, also they care again. Right. They, and, you know, it's like, you know, they can tell Bill they care and they can. It's such horseshit. It's such colossal, stinking, reeking horseshit, covered in cat hair, sizzling on a hot hibachi. Well, I've read, and I agree with this opinion, that Bill self giving an inch and allowing us to play in this exhibition. That's all he's got an inch. That's all well, he has. Is he has a tiniest penis in by, college sports. That's, sure. that's a well-known fact. Aside, him giving an inch <laughs> and letting this happen means the floodgates are open, and it's now out no, of his control. I do not believe that. I do, because it's like the kind of enthusiasm we're going to no, see, no. they're going to be like, you have to do this every to year. Me, Look Bill's, at what's happening. You're, you have to we're talking about Kim Jong-Bill. Yes. My thing is, is Kim Jong-Bill looks at this as an opportunity to jam it in Missouri's ass and break it off. He's going to say, all right, um, we're going to play for hurricane relief because it's for a good cause, but we'll never play again. We're going to get, you know, he's going to give us a little bit, and then he's going to take it away again. I, that's my, I, that's what's going to happen. In my opinion. Salad yeah. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, no more is petty or smaller than Bill Self. Mm-hmm. You know what Kim I mean? Kim Jong-Bill. Kim Jong-Bill. Yeah. And that needs to trend on Twitter. And I'm going to tell you what. Mm-hmm. And we have created a couple photos of uh, Kim Jong-Bill on our Twitter site. I took the uh, liberty of sending it to the antlers. Mm-hmm. Those motherfuckers better make that sign. Yeah. If, if there isn't a Kim Jong-Bill sign at that game, I will be disappointed in our fan base. I will be disappointed in the antlers particularly. And I don't know. It's it may be an unforgivable offense. <laughs> I do hope the antlers can get in. As hard as it was for people to get seats, no shit. Those antlers God, better those be there. Those guys are so fucking hardcore, though. I mean, you know, they were on the phone, on the and plus it was, antlers. We need you now more oh, than plus ever. Plus, you know, the antlers are season ticket holders. Yeah, and season ticket holders got offered tickets first, and you could buy up to twelve. Right. So I can't imagine that the antlers are not going to be in attendance at this game. I can't imagine. Well, you know, it's hard. Imagine how hard it's been to be an antler the last three years. Yeah, goddamn, those You're, guys earn this game yeah they put up with this shit for so long and they're so great whenever we're good and Mm -hmm. we can really rub it into other teams and we have the chance and it's against kansas kim jong bill sign what you gotta love about about the antlers is the brennans and collins of the world do not show up to kim anderson games where four thousand people are going to be there no where we're going to get our tub stumped by fucking eastern atlantic south carolina butt fuck university tech (laughs) exactly we're not showing up that game. I think you went to one game last year because a friend of yours had fucking front row tickets. They were literally Cam Anderson seats. <laughs> That's literally. Yeah. So some neighbor of Kim Anderson's gave them to a friend of yours, and then the, one he of the said, hosts "Would you the- please take these? We're tired of the blank seats being behind. <laughs> We're tired of Kim Anderson's seats being empty." So one of the hosts of the Mazadcast, who mm-hmm. constantly takes hot dog water farts hot all over fucking water. Kim Anderson. Uh, episode after episode, <laughs> sat in his seats and um, got a real close look at those bolts. <laughs> yeah, those Frankenstein boots. Fire bad. But um, we don't show up to that. We're not gonna. We're not gonna. And as are eighty percent of Missouri fans. But the antlers are there. Hell or high water, they're there. Miserable as they may be. So you know, I hope they're going to be there. I respect the shit out of them. Just respect the shit out of them. And I'm going to tell you what, Twitter followers, if you're listening to this episode, send tweet the antlers. Make sure that they Kim Jong Bill it up. At Kim the Jong Bill at let's, the antlers. Make the sh- underscore antlers. And let's make sure we had some discussion. It is Kim Jong J O N G. Yeah, me and Brendan both had a. A little back confusion. and forth. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was putting Jung. He was putting Jong. So we decided yeah. on the Jong because that's actually how you would spell Kim Jong Un. Mm. But this is Kim Jong Bill. Kim Jong Bill, obviously. Obviously, They're the same. They sort are of, the same person. Really. Same sort of madness, treachery, and mass murderer. Yeah, sure. Bill and Um. Yeah, he's. I mean, I'd say he's on a parallel with Kim Jong Un. 
Oh, absolutely. I mean, if not worse. Yeah, yeah. I think if people knew more about Kim Jong-un, they would be more inclined to know how bad Bill Self is. It's just, think, it's just, he's a mystery around the guy in South North Korea. We don't know much about him. Do your research. You'll find yourself sympathetic to Kim Jong-un. As opposed to Relative Kim Jong-bil. to Bill. <laughs> Kim Jong-bil. Correct. All right, Colin. With that, I think it's a perfect time to head uh, to our interview that I conducted with Ryan Phillips, the color analyst for Idaho football, Boom. which everybody wants to hear. He's going to tell us why Idaho has a chance. I, I'm going to tell him why they have a chance. Disagree. Our team is terrible, and Barry Odom is its coach. Well, those are true facts. Did he, are those the chances he mentioned? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> In not so many words. He, he's a professional, unlike us. Yeah. And, uh, no, I, he I said, mean, hey, guys, your coach is absolutely terrible, and um, your secondary is a fucking hot garbage mess. So, yeah, I think we got a chance. Garbage. To be fair, uh, it did was... Did he say hot garbage mess? <laughs> he did not, specifically. Dang. But it was interesting because I don't know anything about Idaho other than we played them once in 1963. So I, I think it the is potato good. potato bowl, <laughs> as everyone to knows. <laughs> the potato jokes are going to be rampant, and I think it's our job to bring them to you because <laughs> people are going to roll their eyes and not another Idaho potato thing, but yes, another Idaho potato thing. Yeah. It's coming your way. Well, I mean, I think there's certain states that lend themselves to jokes. Idaho potatoes, Kansas child rape. The, the list yeah. goes on and on. One of Texas Maine and lobster. cowboy hats. Yeah, yeah Maine you know? <laughs> lobster. Kansas child rape. Yeah, yeah, exactly. All right, well, let's do this. So it's uh, Ryan Phillips, the color analyst for the Idaho Vandals. M I Z Z O U. Gonna throw it. Slam. This bugs for you, Mizzou. Johnson, and he's gone. Touchdown, Missouri. You don't get no better than that, man. Lock deep near side. Jamon Moore. It's a foot race. 82 yards. Touchdown, Missouri. Boy, look at Crockett run. It's his fourth touchdown run of the day. This is the Mazad Cast. On the phone now, we have Ryan Phillips, the color analyst for the Idaho Vandals. Here to talk to us a little bit about the team coming in to play Missouri over homecoming. He's also a five-year NFL linebacker for the Vandals himself. Thanks for being on the show, Ryan. Yeah, good to be here. I think it's safe to say, I think Missouri and Idaho played each other one time back in 1963. Our Missouri fans don't know much about this Idaho team. What can you tell us about this 2-4 and four Idaho Vandal team that Missouri fans should expect to see on Saturday? Yeah, yeah, it has been a long time. Actually, we're bringing back three players that played on that team back in 1963 along uh, for the game. But, yeah, so this Idaho team is a – it's a good team. Not a, they're, not, they're playing good but not great this year. They're putting up decent numbers but just uh, struggling to, to make it work uh, in the end when it counts. They're actually on offense putting up more yards than their opponents but uh, just kind of falling short – uh, in the last minute at the end of the game, uh, when they need some, some opportunities, uh, you know, they need a big catch. There's been some drop passes. There's been some inopportune turnovers and some penalties. Uh, but in between then, there's uh, some some glimmers of hope as far as, you know, the run and pass game. Idaho's more of a team that likes to uh, pass the ball a little bit more than run the ball. I'd say they're probably, you know, 60-40 pass. You know, depending on the, the weather, that may play a factor on Saturday. They're coming off a, a bull win last year. They beat Colorado State and, and put up a lot of yards and a lot of points. And see, the defense is probably the, the shining thing for the Vandals this year in that they 
are playing really good uh, pass defense, and then they're also, as far as coverage goes, in, in yards allowed in, in the passing game, and they're doing a good job of getting a pass rush, uh, getting a decent amount of turnovers, but uh, not enough to make up for the offenses, uh, the amount that they're giving the ball up. And special teams, a freshman kicker, who's he's the kicker and the punter, Kid Coffee. he's doing a great job of kicking the ball and, and punting the ball. Um, the coverage teams have been uh, a little less than stellar, though. So I'm looking at uh, Idaho's record under uh, coach, fifth-year coach uh, Paul Petrino, and uh, you mentioned the bowl game last year. Idaho went 9-4, and four, and it was the only winning season he's had uh, as the Vandals head coach. He's starting out 2-4. and four, He's facing another struggling team in Missouri. What are, uh, what's the feeling about Coach Petrino? And we, we kind of know what the expectations for coaches are here in the SEC where they call for your head after one bad loss. But uh, what's the general attitude of Coach Petrino uh, up there in Idaho? Yeah, they, he, he's uh, well-liked. He took over a team that was really struggling as far as um, discipline. And, uh, you know, it was it, they were in really rough shape. And then he even had – they got better his first two years, but they didn't win a whole lot of games. And then um, last year, obviously, had a great season. This season, gosh, it's been a little bit frustrating because, you know, it felt like we were going to win uh, quite a few games, including one last week that they lost against uh, – a good Appalachian State team that um, they were up twenty to zero and ended up giving up the next twenty three points and and uh, not being able to to put some points up on the board on offense when they could have. So, but the the fans uh, generally like uh, uh, Coach Petrino. He's, he's brought a lot more uh, uh, discipline, and they can see. I mean, everybody's been able to see the team get much better. Um, and last year, especially, get some wins. This year, they've just they've lost three. You know, games last week was uh, by three points a week before. Uh, by five points, they were ahead in both those games. And there was another game that uh, against uh, Western Michigan where they were up nine points in the fourth quarter as well and lost, really only getting blown out in one game, and that was by uh, by UNLV. So overall positive feel, though, for Coach Petrino. So Missouri has struggled, as I mentioned. They've only got one win this season, and uh, they hadn't looked very good. And the fact is that we haven't taken any game for granted at this point the way Missouri's played however they're coming off a loss in Athens Georgia where they were managing to put up 28 points my question I guess is what is the expectation amongst Idaho fans for granted it's an SEC team but it is the bottom of the barrel this year Missouri is in the SEC does this look like a a game that uh, Idaho thinks maybe they can steal or uh, you know are expectations lower than that well, I, I think they always would. I mean, I think the, the football team and the football players always expect that of themselves, you know, but it is, a, you know, a higher caliber uh, conference, obviously, in the SEC. And, and uh, you know, I think this is one that most, a, a good amount of fans have said, well, hey, this isn't one that we marked our calendar to win, but um, I guarantee you the players don't, uh, don't think that way, and they would love to sneak one out. Uh, like you said, uh, they've, you know, Missouri's uh, really struggled this year. Um, as well. So, you know, Idaho's one thing they've proven over the last couple of years is if they, if they show up, they can hang with uh, just about anybody. And if they don't, they can lose to just about anybody. So um, it'll be interesting to see what happens. Two years ago, I watched them when they, when they weren't nearly as uh, good on defense, uh, watched the, the Idaho offense actually put up 475 yards on, on Auburn. Granted, uh, mm-hmm. Auburn wasn't as good as they are this year, but it's still, uh, uh, they've got the potential there, but 
you know they've been they've been struggling to fire on all cylinders this year. So you mentioned that uh, the Idaho is somewhat more of a passing team this year, and of all the weaknesses that uh, our Tigers have this season, I think our secondary is by far the worst. We've given up a lot of points to the pass, and it seems like a vulnerability to me. Uh, you mentioned that they that they like to throw. Can you envision a game plan for the Vandals this week where they, uh, I wouldn't say abandon the run, but really lean heavily on that pass to take advantage of the weak secondary for Missouri? No, I think, you know, that's that's one thing that's uh, where the Vandals have struggled in, in the fourth quarter is they've gotten forced into those uh, situations the last couple minutes where they've had to throw and they become one-dimensional, and then that's really tough. What's been their best friend, uh, like any football team, is when you can have some balance uh, because offensive line, honestly, is, uh, for Idaho has really struggled to pass block. And at times, they did a great job, I mean, incredible job, first half, picking up five- and six-man pressure and then really struggling against three- and four-man pressure in the second half of last week's game. So I don't see that. I think they have to with how they're playing. They really have to play a little more balanced game and, and be able to run the ball to set up the pass. So I, I, I wouldn't see them coming out and and uh, strictly going, you know, 90%, 80 or 90% pass. I am looking at uh, Idaho's schedule ahead, and I see a really interesting matchup against Troy, a team we know out here mostly because of their surprise victory over LSU this season. Uh, that, that strikes me as going to be a tough matchup based on that alone. That's the only thing I know about Troy this season. Tell me a little bit about the uh, schedule that Idaho's facing here from here on out. Well, they've got, uh, you know, they've, yeah, they, like you said, they've got Troy. Probably the two hardest games left on the schedule are um, Missouri this week and uh, Troy for the Vandals. They've got, after Missouri, in between them and Troy, they've got Louisiana Monroe, which should probably be a, a pretty good game. And then a newcomer to the Sun Belt, Coastal Carolina, who's kind of struggled this season. Uh, New Mexico State, who's improved from last year. And then Georgia State, who's uh, got a new first-year head coach and they're they're kind of uh, struggling a little bit as well, but you know that's the last game. We'll see how they do there. But it's really both all the teams in the Sun Belt have, just like Idaho has, have have had uh, ups and downs and uh, good games and bad games. Troy, who beat uh, LSU, uh, as you said, they lost to South Alabama. Uh, last week, who Idaho beat in double overtime the week before that, who, you know, yeah. <laughs> just, uh, it's just been a lot. It looks like a lot of ups and downs uh, within the, the conference itself. I appreciate you joining us, Ryan Phillips, who is the color analyst for the Idaho Vandals. You coming up to Columbia this weekend, I assume. Yes, I'll be there. Looking forward to it. I hope you have a good trip. Hope the weather holds up, and I hope uh, it's a great game. All right, sounds good. Take care. I like those Idaho potatoes. I eat them most every day. Idaho potatoes, you can make them any which way. You can bake them, you can whip them, you can mash them, you can fry them. Any old way you choose. I like those Idaho potatoes. I eat them most every day. Well, the summer's hot and the winter's cold Way up there in Idaho Heard near perfect conditions for a spud to grow They're so doggone cheap, just pennies a pound I buy them by the bag, I'm not messing around Idaho potatoes, sing it with me now I like those Idaho potatoes I eat them most every day Idaho potatoes you can make them any which way. You can bake them, you can whip them, you can mash them, you can fry them. 
Any old way you choose I like those Idaho potatoes I eat them most every day Well, you heat up the pan and put in the lard Slice up the taters, it ain't too hard And sit back and wait That's the hardest part Well, they're full of potassium and vitamin C Nature's health food for you and me Idaho potatoes, yes siree I like those Idaho potatoes I eat them most every day Idaho potatoes You can make them any which way You can bake them, you can whip them You can mash them, you can fry them Any old way you choose I like those Idaho potatoes I eat them most every day Idaho potatoes I eat them most every day So there you have it. The one thing that frightens me a little bit is that Idaho likes to throw the ball around and we have no secondary. And when I say no secondary, most of the time when our opponents throw the ball on television, you do not see Missouri defenders on the screen. I think um, how bad our secondary is has really glossed over how bad our defensive line has become. Well, that's a good point. Um, There's zero pressure on a quarterback. Mm -hmm. Zero. Marshall Fraser is fucking MIA. Terry Beckner Jr., you know, when I when I start rewatching games, I'm like, he is obviously the best lineman we have, but mm-hmm. he's not making a difference. He's not going to be all SEC or anything this year. Well, the thing about and Terry everybody Beckner else Jr. is just a goddamn anonymous nobody who can't get anywhere near a quarterback. Well, that's the thing about Terry Beckner Jr. is he can't play five positions at <laughs> no, once, and no, we can't. need him to really. Well, and I think we all hoped that Nate Howard would take a step forward this year. Did he? Uh, no, he got kicked off the team. Oh. And then Marcel Frazier would kind of pick up the pass rusher mantle. He has not. Mm-hmm. Uh, we thought. We hoped Terry Beckner Jr. could do, I don't know, superhuman things and make up for the fact that we have uh, been devoid of talent. I was listening to the radio today, and I can't remember who was talking about the Mizzou program, but they have lost so many defensive linemen over the past, like, three seasons, whether it be for discipline reasons or transfers. I mean, I know they got some guy that was uh, on our roster who's now starting and playing well for Oklahoma State. It was just another sign that this program is in disarray. I mean, little things that don't pop up in the newspaper, they trickle out over time. And But when you look at them cumulatively, you go, oh, shit, we have turned over a buttload of coaches. Oh, shit, we have lost a tremendous amount of players. Oh, shit, our coach is burning shit with a fucking... I was going to say, how much arson do you think Nick (laughs) Saban has committed in the last five years? Yeah, I don't know. I mean... I, I get the impression that Nick Saban would burn someone's house down if they played poorly, mm-hmm. which is part of the reason his his team is so motivated. But um, I don't think he's really honestly had to do it. I just don't think those theatrics do anything other than indicate there's big problems. Yeah, I think if uh, somebody in the Mizzou press would sit down and kind of timeline it and just stack it all up, you know, point by point by point – you would see what a colossal shit sandwich this is, layer after layer. Well, and I turds. think you'd see a parallel to the Kim Anderson debacle. <clears throat> oh, the, the parallels are becoming frightening. And um, it's it's sad for anybody who's ever come to Mizzou because you're never going to be employed in the athletic department ever again because of these two men if you went to Mizzou. If you yeah. drove through Mizzou, if you looked – if you happened to drive through campus at some point in your life, they're not going to hire you. They're no. going to be like, have you entered this, this township or have you been in the state of Missouri before? Well, yeah, I, I drove through Columbia once, or I was the assistant coach of Buttfuck University when they played mm. Mizzou last time. And they're like, oh, you've been here before? Well, you're you're obviously not a candidate for this position. No, the true son how many cha- how, many, how many national championships have you won? Oh, that, well, I won six in, in seven years. But you've been to Columbia before? 
Yes. Well, you know, sorry. No true sons here. <laughs> no true sons. We've well, I'm not true sons, sir. I just, I just, won, I just drove through one time. Close enough. Close enough. You're never coming here. Yeah. I, I just, not to beat a dead horse, but circling back to the stupid fire that Barry set, it was such a, when I said it was a piece of performance art, he carried a can of lighter fluid to the press conference on yeah. Monday. It's not He was good. so eager to it's tell people good. about it's this. It's not good. Uh, yeah. He, it's a, not a... The, Not a good when look. he brought it to the press conference, it just said to me, not only is Barry Odom maybe a little over his skis, but Mary Odom may not be very smart. I mean, just I'm not, I'm not trying to be funny We've here. We've talked to him I'm a lot, not try- and I think he's a bright guy. I'm not trying to be funny, and I'm not I, I'm not, I don't good, mean this. because you're not being very funny. <laughs> well, I mean, <laughs> I don't mean, I'm, I'm not trying to be tongue-in-cheek. For him to bring that, for him to think that was going to be get anything but a snicker or a sneer or an eye roll from the press or anyone else takes a certain amount of delusion and probably hubris. a lack of I don't even think it's hubris. I think it's everybody's gonna think this is a good idea. And <laughs> he I sound do, just I like know, him. I know. It's spot on. Uh, and uh he just doesn't realize what a dum dum he is. You know what I mean? Like it's like wearing a like a polo collared shirt with the fucking collar popped. Mm-hmm. You just you, you walk into a room and you think you look cool, but everybody else goes, what a fucking douchebag. Like a and, neck tattoo. Yeah, exactly. It's a neck Barry Odom Walked into that press conference with his lighter fluid and thought he looked like he was smart or this was really going to be something. And all we saw was a guy with a fucking neck tattoo and a job interview for a finance organization. You know, it's like smashing a monster in a drink can <laughs> on his forehead. Yeah. Yeah. Do you want to measure my dick, sir? Will that help me get the job? Mm-hmm. But it's bad. I mean, that was the first time I thought, you know, I just thought Barry Odom was out of worst skis. That was the first time I thought Barry Odom is probably not a smart guy. He's just not smart. Not smart. Period. He's, you know, I always said that about Kevin Sumlin. You know, like every time I heard him talk, I'm like, this guy's just not very smart. That doesn't mean necessarily he's a bad football coach. So I don't know. That's getting me up for this game on Saturday. <laughs> yeah. Fired you up, didn't I? Sure did. I think we're going to win. I think we're going to get our second one of the year. I think that. Uh, That's pretty Oatsy. I know it is. I, I'm predicting three wins for the rest of the season. I think we can go four and eight. Yeah, I'd say that's doable. That will mean we beat Idaho. That means we'll beat UConn, and then we will find a win in the SEC, whether that's yeah. Arkansas or Tennessee. Yeah, I don't you, know. I think when I was listing off the garbage teams we have to play, I didn't even think about Arkansas. But yeah, and truthfully, that's more optimistic than I would have been two weeks ago. Yeah, I mean, the fact that the offense well, we should be more optimistic. Ball, yeah, it makes me go. Well, maybe we can beat a Tennessee or a Vanderbilt or an Arkansas. Mm-hmm. You know, I expect us to beat an Idaho, and I expect us to beat a UConn, and those expectations are probably misplaced a little bit. But yeah. Three wins sounds reasonable. Why don't you give me a prediction on this Kansas-Missouri game while we're at it? Kansas-Missouri. I feel like it's going to go one of two ways. I, I, I feel like we're going to get blown out or they're going to get blown out. But most people are predicting like a close game. I'm just, I just worry how much, how much are the studs really going to play? Well, did you see Michael Porter Jr. today was saying that it's not an exhibition to me. It's yeah. a battle. Yeah. I, you know, I like that kind of talk, whether it's true or not, whether he sits after 15 minutes, who knows, but I don't know. I mean, I, I'm actually, I'm going to predict 92 Missouri, 14 Kansas. You are a true fan, Bernard. Mm-hmm. I'm a true son. The other thing I saw, Colin, uh, regarding basketball is that we were ranked as number five in mm-hmm. the SEC, not in the country. In the SEC. In the SEC. Was that a little surprising to you? I think at first it was. And then I started kind of reading up on the teams. And the SEC is not the conference I think at first blush that people think it is. It has gotten once was. Yeah, it's gotten a lot better. I mean, you have South Carolina in the final four last year. Now they were ranked like a number eleven or something like that. I mean, they have lost a lot, but Alabama has is like Missouri in that they've had a really good recruiting class. 
Florida and Kentucky always seem to be salty. A&M's like bringing everyone back. You know what I mean? There are reasons for Mizzou to be where they're at. So, and I think everybody's let, getting a little too optimistic. Now, my, my prediction, honestly, I think, or at least a smart prediction for this season would be is that we will not be a house of fire all season long. You know, it's going to take some time to get the train on the tracks and get a lot of young guys acclimated to playing Division One college basketball. But hopefully that acclimation by the time the tournament rolls around has taken place and we go to the tournament. And by that time, that's when the house is on fire. That's when you're that's when you're that wrecking ball, because I just these guys are just I mean, the SEC, if nothing else, is a very physical league. And they've got a lot of new coach, a lot of good coaches now, and it's a very physical league. And it just makes me wonder about the Jantes of the world. You know what I mean? Jantes coming right out of high school a year early, and he's going to get banged around with these guys. And Michael Porter Jr. Granted, he's a tremendous talent, but I mean, he's he's it's going to be knocking around a little bit. You're going to get beat around a little, and um, so. I don't know. It's the physicality of it. I think it'll take them time. I hope it's something that uh, Conzo Martin is hitting in practice is like the physicality of it, asking these guys to really bang around on each other and get ready for that. And the one thing about the Kansas game that I like is it gives these guys an opportunity to play somebody else and not just somebody else, but somebody who's going to be really good. Because when you look at our first game against Iowa State, Iowa State is no joke. You know, we don't have any cupcake UMKC kangaroos to warm up on, you know. So I think having an exhibition game against a probably top five team in the nation is a good thing going into the season ultimately, regardless of it's it's Kansas. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Brendan literally was on his phone the entire time I was talking. That's how exciting it was. Yeah. Great story. (laughs) So I think I'll stop talking now. Yeah. The hype is where it is. We know what the hype is. Mm -hmm. We have no idea how much we're going to live up to it. And I think what I've been saying in this entire off season is how much are we, what, where should we realistically set our sights? Because can Missouri make a final four? I don't know. Maybe, but should we say that we have to? No. Did, Brenda, did you see the day that uh, Michael Porter Jr. said that there is no definitive thing, anything definitive saying he's got to go to the NBA right away? He was mm-hmm. talking about, mm-hmm. he's like, if we don't accomplish what we want to accomplish this year, I could absolutely see myself coming back here to finish the job. And I just like, that would be a terrible decision for you, Michael Porter Jr., but it was a decision that I would love. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? Could you imagine? Yeah. I mean, I, I love the, t- I, I think I, we've said it before. I think all the Porter kids are very media savvy and they're smart and they keep their heads uh, above water and their noses clean. I don't believe that for a minute. I don't, I don't believe it, but I, the one thing I like about Michael Porter Jr. and his brother is that they are obviously dyed in the wool Mizzou. You know, a lot of guys can, can be, can be recruited out of like Kansas City or St. Louis and be Missouri kids, but not be dyed in the wool Mizzou fans necessarily. But this is, these are kids that grew up at Mizzou. I mean, their siblings playing at Mizzou, their family members coaching at Mizzou. I mean, they have been in and around this campus, around this program. For their entire lives, and you can tell they're dyed in the wool, and I, you got to love that about him. You know what I don't believe it for a second is like he is going to talk to his dad. He's going to talk to the, the experts when he the season's over, and they're going to be like, "You fucking crazy! You're going to be the number one overall pick. You need to go get your millions before a blood ACL or something." And he's ultimately going to make that decision. But there's part of me that thinks Michael Porter Jr. believes it a little bit. Like mm-hmm. I could absolutely play him from zoo another season with my brother, and we'll go fucking jam it up everybody's asses. Woohoo! You know. Mm-hmm. There's that part, part of him that's a fan, you know, like we yeah. are. It's part of him that's still a kid who doesn't really, I mean, is a smart kid, but isn't looking at the long term as no kid does. So there, I think he believes it when he says it. I don't believe when it comes down to brass tacks, it's even an option. But, you know, it, I think it's a, it's something that makes all Mizzou fans happy. Well, I, I think part of the sell to him of Mizzou was that 
Mizzou has been close, but has never gotten all the way. Mm-hmm. And you can do, you can be the golden hero mm-hmm. and make Mizzou yeah. the, the bet, you know, a champion. And uh, I think he has bought into that mm-hmm. philosophy. And sure. if he did stick around it, that is why. Yep. But I think all the realities that you mentioned are the reasons why I don't think that will happen. Well, um, it's just but, foolish. I mean, it's just, it would be just, it would be foolish. The, the risk of injury is just too high. The amount of money that would go away is just too great. I mean, the NBA started last night, and I said Gordon Hayward fucking broke his ankle. I don't know if you saw that, Brennan, on today. His leg was fucking ankles twisted the wrong direction, bent sideways. It was fucking graphic. And I'm just like, that can happen in a college game. Mm-hmm. That can happen to Michael Porter Jr. And if it doesn't happen this season, why would you risk it in a second season? Yeah. All right. Well, this has been one of our longest midweek shows, and rightfully so. I mean, it's this is ostensibly about the football game that's coming it's on It's homecoming Saturday. week, Brennan. Of it course is. it's going to be long. Oh, yeah. We're excited about homecoming. Oh, yeah, the homecoming game. <laughs> but we'll know a little bit about our basketball team, although we won't see it with our eyeballs because uh, Bill Self won't uh, – I'm sorry, Kim Jong-Bill won't allow us to watch it on TV. But uh, we'll get our first dirty, wet taste of this basketball team. Mm, and So wet. I tell you what, if we don't look good against Idaho and if mm, <laughs> the basketball team beats Kansas – Forget about it, football team. Yeah, there's this gonna, is a there's basketball lock the doors on, situation. On, on the on the football stadium. They may just like, start well, having basketball games in for row. Instead. I tell you, one of the things that I the only reason I want to go to homecoming is because an hour after homecoming, the basketball team is doing their like fan interaction scrimmage thing. They're have a dunk contest and three point contest, and it's going to be your first chance. It's free admission to walk into Mizzou Arena and see these guys and. Truthfully, I've thought about grabbing the kids and waiting until about the fourth quarter and mm-hmm. heading to Columbia because it's an hour after the game. I figure I get there not. By the time I get there, I mean, I live a little ways away, so it'd be about perfect. All right. Well, I'm hoping for the first time in a very long time, we're going to see a double win victory for Mizzou. Well, one can hope. One can hope. But when, you know, when in the, in the Kim era, Kim was really an anchor on that dream. And now, <laughs> Barry. And now, oh, how the tables have turned. Yeah. Well, but it, it's possible. We've got a weak homecoming opponent, and uh, the basketball team has renewed vigor. So could be a really good, fun weekend for the Tigers. Here's written for that, M-I-Z. Z-O-U. What a fucking douchebag.